Big things, big things are going in Etequini. And uh, I'm joined by uh, political analyst uh, Sanusha Naidu uh, and uh, also joined by uh, Paul Berkowitz, who's a public finance expert and uh, director at uh, Tlazia Solutions. Uh, Sanusha and Paul, good evening to the uh, pair of you and uh, welcome to Metro FM Talk. Thanks very good much, Ayabonga. Good, good evening and to the listeners too. Sanusha, I maybe want to start off with you here. And uh, I think, uh, you know, many people would uh, suggest that the sequence of events can be uh, charted as far back as uh, some of the uh, political contestation that we saw uh, within the province of uh, Guazul Natal around, uh, I guess, uh, the ousting of Senzom Kunu and uh, much of the political machinations that happened then or even much earlier, uh, depending on how far back you want to look. Uh, maybe just paint a picture for us of some of that context and how at this point it's been able to play itself out in the operations of some of these municipalities uh, in uh, issues like, uh, you know, billing crises and even issues when it comes to revenue collection, which um, Dumisen and Duli referred to earlier on today. Good evening to you and to Paul as well. I think when you look at the province and you try to contextualize where the province is now and you look at the events or the or the or the contextual analysis and the circumstances that has brought the province to this decision today to basically um, recall or, or, or basically um, look at the executive and the PEC and, 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 and redeploy those individuals and essentially to re, redeploy and, and of course restructure that whole um, municipality in both Peter Marisburg and in KZN in terms of the executive, I think it tells you that we are dealing in a, with a situation where the issues of factionism and the, and, and, and the political dynamics of what is happening at the top end of the party has basically manifested itself across the board at the provincial level. I think when you're watching the, the Zondo Commission, you're, watch, you're listening to the ANC had decided it's going to go towards redeployment. Of course, this has been a contested province for a long time. Mm. If you go back to IFP, ANC tensions, and then, of course, in the last several years, there were a lot of ANC and ANC internal tensions, violence, etc. So this really tells you how contested the battlefield in the province has been in terms of the kinds of political power struggles, mm. the dynamics around basically literally bumping people off lists, which had been quite a traumatic feature in terms of the run-up to um, not not so much in terms of what has been in the run-up to the election, but just the overall sense that this has been a modus operandi in the province. And then, of course, you can't divorce this from what's going on at the national level in terms of factionalism. We saw this culminate in terms of Nazareth. We see it continue to to play a critical role in terms of the commissions of inquiry into the Zondo Commission on State Capture, the PIC Commission, the whole uh, Nugent Commission, all of these commissions that we've had over the past several uh, uh, months and, and leading up to where we are now, you can't uh, 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 exclude those dynamics from the political structure. What makes it so dynamic in that province is that you can literally see the battle lines being drawn. Mm -hmm. Paul, let me bring you in here. I mean, just maybe map out a picture for us of how uh, many of the uh, municipal councils and administrations uh, have in many ways been the battleground or the terrain uh, on which, uh, you know, the... uh, uh, battles that Sanusha is talking about. The ANC won with two-thirds of the seats in 2016, but the council continually collapsed. 
uh, we've seen it in coalition councils, but what we're seeing here is how the factionalism is playing out. That is, the one faction didn't get to vote on things which it had already decided before council in all sorts of illegal and uh, corrupt ways. Um, those councillors of that faction would just avoid council meetings. Uh, the council couldn't correlate and it would collapse. So we're seeing... Also, a picture is being painted very clearly of how what's going on at a political level with factionalism and corruption, as Anusha said, is having a real effect on service delivery and um, and the finances and the welfare of the municipality and the people living in it. Musunduzi is particularly bad. If you go all the way back to 2010, before by the 2011 elections, three municipalities were supposed to be upgraded to metros. That was Mangaun, Buffalo City, and Msunduzi. And mm. only two of those were. Yeah. Because after the factional battles of 2010 and 2011, the municipalities' finances were so badly broken. I think at one point we were talking of cash flow of maybe a week or two weeks. Mm. But something mm. very scary and very serious and very critical for such a big municipality. And... The administrator's report, the poor man has been sent in to clean up the mess, has said that um, year-long neglect of the electricity infrastructure threatens service delivery, but it also threatens the municipality's uh, tax base. Mm. We're talking mm. about um, part of the industrial heartland of, um, of Peter Maritzburg. Lots of jobs are threatened. Firstly, by Trump's uh, steel and aluminium. Andy Lecumet is facing all manner of uh, challenges here, currently out on bail. Uh, but, uh, you know, this was an outcome, I guess, of uh, uh, what the Provincial Working Committee had uh, looked at uh, over a long period of time in some of these distressed municipalities. And I, and I often wonder, I mean, what, what in this instance would have been the straw that uh, broke the camel's back? And uh, many people also, I guess, framing this as part of the cleanup uh, that uh, the uh, new dawn, and I use that inverted commas, has uh, come with. And uh, one one asked the question, I guess, of uh, whether or not this is uh, set to elicit some form of uh, resistance on the part of many of those who have been framed uh, in the terms of uh, this uh, sort of fight back campaign against uh, Cyril Ramaphosa and many of his allies in KZN. Yeah, I think you when you looked, and I, and I have to agree with Paul, I think Paul has the numbers in front of him to actually tell you how broken these municipalities have become. Mm. And it's not something that you can take lightly because it talks to the very core of the of, of, of the grassroots and how much the grassroots and people who are at the core face of these um, inefficient bureaucracies are actually receiving the negative impact. And so if you have municipalities that just have a week to, 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 to carry out their duties. That's not something to take lightly. And I think when you listen to the, to the press conference this afternoon by the PwC in the province, you were quite right that they were trying not to get caught up in the lexicon of the political fight back uh, in terms of what has been the, the challenge of the factionalism and how that has actually undermined, undermined and broke so many of, of our institutions and where we are sitting about the fact that these municipalities, there's a municipality act, there's all the questions around uh, the service agreement that you come, into, uh, you come into play in terms of your relationship between the, the provincial, the national, and of course the, the, the intermediate between the provincial and the national is the local government as well. So I think the challenge here is that talking the language of redeployment doesn't necessarily tell me that you are dealing with a situation of errant, incompetent, 
bureau- uh, bureaucrat. Mm. Nor no, no, would you say, Sanusha, it's uh, effective consequence management. I mean, if uh, if uh, uh, we take a look <laughs> at the charge sheet that Mtumiseni has mentioned here, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, very diplomatic language, uh, short on just saying, you know, there's been fraudulent and corrupt activity here. I mean, you can't get any more blatant than saying fraudulent and corrupt activity. That can't be then be, be seen as a, as a way in which you then say, well, let me be diplomatic about this and let me redeploy this. Mm. There are other tenders coming down the line in the port of, of Richard Bay, in the Durban port, in all kinds of the, 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 on, uh, the, point, uh, water, uh, the point waterfront development. All of these things are coming around. Where are you going to de- redeploy these individuals and how much of those, of, 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 of the of the backlash that, that Paul spoke about and you mm. spoke about will continue to manifest itself as the fight back. So yeah. I, have, I, have, I think the challenge here is it's not just KZN. It's across the board if you look exactly. at the municipal manager's mm. report, if you're looking at the Auditor General's report. Yeah. I mean, it's constant, there's constant uh, issues around whether these municipalities mm. are effectively living up to their mandate. And if people sure. are going to continuously be interested to see how this will then, mm. in the next seven days, play itself out and whether there will be tactics to disrupt sure. the appointment of a new mayoral committee and other individuals as they were suggested today in the press briefing. Okay. Let me uh, take this opportunity to invite some of our listeners to weigh in on our conversation. And uh, you might be all the way out there at Teguin or in uh, Maritzburg, Gumsunduzi. Uh, Do give us uh, a ring there. Let us know uh, what some of your perspectives are on this issue. Give us a ring on 89 110 89-110-3377. And uh, uh, I'd love to hear your perspectives, of course, on uh, some of the issues happening here. And, uh, uh, you know, Paul, if I can bring you back here, I mean, uh, some of the things in the rap sheet here that Mdumisen Nduli spoke to uh, this afternoon during that press conference um, included the issue Sanusha was talking about around the lack of consequence management in many of these municipalities, but also, I guess, uh, you know, contraventions of Section 32 and Section 36 of the MFMA uh, when it comes to issues of procurement. And uh, I guess, moreover, the inability uh, to spend and make use of uh, various municipal grants aimed at uh, complementing local revenue to achieve service delivery. And uh, one would think that one of those is the Municipal Infrastructure Grant, which is crucial uh, to uh, the uh, implementation of uh, key infrastructure roads, uh, taxi ranks, clinics, uh, sanitary facilities, and all manner of places that are often underserved. And then the other big elephant in the room, uh, which is uh, around the revenue collection efforts which have been stalled uh, by all of this dysfunction that we're seeing here. And uh, Sanusha is correct that this is not only an issue that one would find in KZN, but also an issue uh, that uh, finds uh, root in many of the municipalities across the country. And uh, the big question and the big ask many of us would have is uh, whether or not the ANC is uh, one serious about dealing with uh, um, the municipal dysfunction that uh, finds root. And if so, what tools do they have at their disposal? Um, I am quite cynical at this stage of, of the game. Having uh, Sanusha is quite right. So let's uh, let's look, for example, at the northwest. There are municipalities that have been in and out of administration. Uh, they take six months on the bench. The province steps in, and some of these have been under administration two or three times over the last ten years. There's also factionalism, uh, political assassinations. But KZN, in some ways, to me, at least recently, maybe in the last two, three years, has exemplified the worst, especially when it comes to the, the number and, and the severity of political assassinations. Uh, we can look at uh, the Auditor General's reports, just like uh, Sanusha mentioned them. Uh, 
Mshinduzi has seen a regression over the last two years. We can look at international credit reports on Etekwini, which is bigger and more stable in a wider tax base. But even there, some of the its indications have deteriorated over the last couple of years, how much cash it has on hand. But as I said, I'm cynical. I don't think that the ANC, which is so divided and, and split and fragmented, has the political will. That the, there's too much to lose on the side of various factions. If, um, if dozens, if not hundreds of people have been killed in the province over the last few years, I'm not sure how much hope we can have that the, the same people who have been doing these things will start to, to pay attention to the Auditor General's report. I, it will all come down to political will and consequence and um, ending a culture of impunity. I just can't see right now where that's going to come from. I mean, Paul, in this kind of context where I guess uh, there's all manner of uh, jockeying and, uh, uh, you know, uh, how do I say it, sort of lobbying for political power and uh, an uneasy balance here when I when I look at the balance of forces inside of the ANC. What is the likelihood that there's going to be, I guess, a stern uh, a conversation not only coming from Cogta but even from some of the provincial structures of the ANC? I am I'm really not sure. I have, uh, I, the, the future looks, kind, looks doubtful and murky these things as, for, as far as I can see. The former mayor of Etiquini herself has been implicated. There's a very good story by Miriam Tulsi in the Mail and Guardian uh, in April. Um, she herself is implicated in the political assassinations uh, in the rise of her, her political biography. So you, I don't know what else to say. Okay, let's pause there for a second. I want to take a quick spot break, but also uh, continue to invite some of our listeners to weigh in on our conversation. Give us a ring on 089-110-3377. I'll also take a look at some of the tweets on the other side of this break. Eight minutes it is now before 9 p.m. I'm in conversation with uh, uh, Sanush and I do and uh, uh, Paul Berkowitz. Uh, who are a political analyst and uh, also director at Lazia Solutions, respectively. And uh, I guess uh, Sanusha, uh, Paul, uh, seemingly at a loss for words. They're not too sure about, I guess, what else can be done here. Uh, It uh, does seem to be, uh, I guess, uh, a situation where the political reins have um, uh, certainly been let loose here. Uh, Do you see any prospects, uh, certainly for a political solution to some of these issues, outside of what is already happening from a law enforcement perspective? Well, apart from just the case, which I think is going to be the the, the, the bigger uh, area in which uh, perhaps some 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 kind of some kind of punitive action will be taken, it depends how that case is is argued and the outcome of that is uh, decided by the judge and, and and the way in which the MPA leads its investigation and its prosecution in that regard. But like Paul, I think I'm stumped as well because we've been hearing the same language all the time that we want efficient bureau- bureaucrats. We want to that 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 uh, we don't want to have people that are corrupt, that are essentially engaging in uh, irregularities or have any kind of taintedness to them. But we see these individuals being either redeployed or we don't see pu- a punitive action taken. And I think when we start get entering this terrain where the courts become the arbiter and the protector of the democracy and start, hold, and start holding uh, public officials accountable to litigation, then we are actually entering a very unchartered 
set of, of, of waters for us because we should be able to, to hold people account because the bureaucracy is supposed to serve the mandate of the citizens. I mean, that's why we had the elections. That is what ideally is supposed to happen. We, I know we don't live in an ideal world. I know that these are things that, will, that plague other so-called societies as well in terms of how these interactions take place and whether competence and, and effectively uh, uh, reviewing people's competence is something important in terms of a meritocracy. But I think the challenge for me is that I can't see where this is going. In, in, in all of the, that, 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 that language that was presented within, at the press statement this afternoon and talking about what's going to be the action going forward, you never got the sense that there was, there was going to be a kind of integrity approach and, 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 and really decide, okay, enough is enough. Because it's not basically the, 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 the individuals in the party that are being hurt, etc., because of their contestation for power. It's actually people on the ground. As Paul said, people uh, with municipalities been placed under administration and some three or four times. This is not a, 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 an uncommon occurrence right now in South Africa. And that's disturbing for us, mm. where these, these, these local government institutions have not become about how do we serve the people, but how do we actually constrain these resources and, and re, redirect these resources into, into, into irregularities and other such uh, issues related to fraud, etc. Because if you read uh, the, the report done by the academics on how capture takes place, you've got to know where the money is first before you can even think about capturing tenders and so forth. And I think for me, that was the disheartening thing, is that the diplomatic language tells you how fragile that situation is, how mm. broken everything mm. is. But it's also the fact that I now, at this point, I, you know, we talk about a trust deficit. I think we want way beyond the trust deficit. We're not trusting our leaders anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Paul, I mean, uh, uh, the local government elections are not too far away uh, in 2021, and uh, one wonders, I guess, what what is what this is going to mean not only for for the unity uh, that uh, the uh, ANC has to show going into those local government elections, but uh, their prospects of uh, uh, winning a convincing and a resounding victory as they've become accustomed to in the province of KZN. Quite right, uh, Ayabonga. But when we look at municipal elections and you start to focus in. The, the picture becomes a, a little bit less black and white in terms of the ANC's hegemony. It's true, the party is still has majorities in eight out of nine provinces, although Gauteng is a very close thing. But if you follow the trend, if we go back to 2016, that was the first time that the ANC lost majorities in certain municipalities in certain provinces they'd never lost before. Mm. They lost power in Rustenburg in the northwest. They lost uh, Modimole, Mokopong, and uh, I think Lepalala in Limpopo. They'd never lost in those provinces before. Um, they lost uh, Metimaholo in, in the Free State. So things are a lot more volatile. Uh, I think in KZN especially, the, the party... The, it's, it's all going to come down to atrophy and which party voters dislike the least at this point. Um, but even if we look at the elections this year, the biggest loss for the ANC was in KZN. Mm. That was part of the, I guess, the unraveling of the factions and maybe the loss of the, the Zuma effect that the party had enjoyed in 2011 and 2014. 
but things might become a lot more volatile and a lot more tricky for the for the party anyway. Mm-hmm. Salusha, let me give you the last word on this one and uh, the prospects here for uh, Zandile Kumete or what many people are calling, or who many people are calling on social media, or Mazandi. Um, prospects for her, uh, she's going to be deployed and the big question is where to and uh, more importantly, her own political fortunes within the province of Kazan and inside the African National Congress. I don't think she's going to back down from this. I mean, um, she... She has come out very assertive, even when the court had ruled uh, that she needs to be uh, she she can be out on bail. Mm. But I think she's been very assertive, and I don't think this is going to end uh, right now with them redeploying her and relieving her of her mayoral uh, duties. I think it's going to be a, a, a protracted struggle between her, her supporters, her uh, base, and of course the 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 PWC, and of course. The, the 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 faction of Sisle Zikalale, the premier of the of the province, and I think this is going to continue because I think, to my mind, um, the stakes are high for these individuals. It's not just about uh, saying, okay, I've been I've been uh, disciplined and I need to move on and I will go quietly. No, mm. the stakes are rather high, and we can see this as 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 the different commissions produce their evidence and, and testimony is being uh, presented before, whether it's the Zondo Commission or, or even the PIC. I think that this is something that we perhaps should have been anticipating with the research that Paul has been doing about the drivers around why we're ending up in the situation where there's a broken set of trust that, and, and a broken institution. But unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be resolved with redeployment. Mm. I think the, the mayor is going to be, uh, the former mayor is going to go out there, and I suspect the other other people that have also been suspended and, re- and, and placed on redeployment, they're not going to go go anywhere anytime soon. And I think that's going to be the challenge, and that's what happens when the whole institution of the party is in a state of. Uh, com- uh, a compromise, mm. and that's what we are at the moment. And uh, clearly, uh, something short of paralysis in many of the municipalities uh, that uh, uh, those structures oversee and lead. Sanusha and Paul will have to leave it there. I really appreciate uh, the t- pair of you taking time out to speak to us this evening. Sanusha uh, Sanusha Naidu is a political analyst, and uh, Paul Berkowitz is a public finance expert and director at Lazia Solutions. Thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Uh, 9 p.m. is the time, and uh, that's where we're going to have to leave it, uh, folks. It's been a pleasure being with you uh, this evening. We're back with you again uh, tomorrow evening between half past seven and 9 p.m. I leave you in the capable hands of the man with the music, and he's already clapping me off. Good evening to you. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. I just want to say I'm very proud of you. <laughs> wow. Say bye, Good evening. <laughs>